It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Here's a question for you. If Bryce Young was six foot three, would this even be a debate over who should be the number one pick in the NFL draft? I'll tell you right here on Locked On Panthers. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council. Talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Your team every day. That's our motto here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And be sure to follow me. Julian Council on Twitter, at Julian Council, where on Fridays I answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions either at me or DM me over on Twitter to get in your questions for tomorrow's edition of the weekly Friday mailbag right here on Locked on Panthers. This episode of Locked on Panthers is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of the NFL. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked on today to get started. We are three weeks away from the NFL draft, and boy, I really need those 21 days to go by quickly because I am running out of and probably have run out of things to say about the number one pick. I'm even running out of things and probably run out of things to say about what the Panthers should do at pick 39. Now, of course, when you see the Panthers go out there and sign guys like Kamu Hill, which they did on Tuesday that then kind of changes the calculus of what they do at 39 and at 93 and some of the later picks. And we'll talk about positionally what probably makes the most sense for each one of the picks the Panthers currently have. Now, yes, it sounds like a mock draft, but I'm not going to tell you what player to take because I have no idea what linebacker the Panthers could potentially take in the fifth round and decide to take a linebacker in the fifth round. So we'll talk about that here shortly on the show, but I am running out of stuff, y'all. And I've already told y'all, draft season, not my favorite time of the year. Now it helped, especially last month that the Carolina Panthers moved up to number one because now we know that they're going to take a quarterback. And we're spending all this time talking about Will Levis and Anthony Richardson, but really more talking about Bryce Young and Anthony and CJ Stroud, rather, and talking about, hey, who should be the quarterback here in Carolina? So... For me at this point in time, yeah, I want Bryce Young. I think he's the best player in this draft at that position, but I'm totally fine with C.J. Stroud. I'm also fine with Anthony Richardson. I'm less fine with Will Levis, but if that's what they want to do, fine, go ahead. I'm not going to sit here and drive myself crazy thinking about this, even though I have to talk about this every day. So we're getting to the point where it's like, man, can we just get to April 27th, or can you just tell me who it's going to be? So we can start talking about what this guy's going to look like in this offense. But then again, I guess that takes away then 21 days of other things I could have been talking about once we finally do know who the quarterback's going to be here in Carolina. So I guess the mystery is nice, but we've gotten to the point where it's just like, man, I just want to get there. I just want to know. So look for more interviews on this show moving forward because I got nothing else for you. And that's not the greatest endorsement for the show, but I'm going to find a way to talk about it. I'm just telling you right now that we're grasping. We're grasping for content, trying to figure out what new things to say about 
the Panthers in their decision at number one and remaining in the draft and hoping that maybe they start bringing in a couple more free agents just so we can talk about something else. But we're sitting here, your boy, trying to find a way to keep things interesting when we're all just waiting to get to the end of the month. Now, I've had a thought before about the quarterbacks here in this draft. Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Anthony Richardson, Will Levis. And I had told y'all I never really felt like the Carolina Panthers need to move up to number one because I just did not feel like there was a player in this draft, especially a quarterback in this draft, that was worthy of being a number one pick and giving up as much as they gave up, mainly DJ Moore, to get up to number one. I had no problem with them trading up. If they want to get the five, get the three, I was totally cool with that. I just didn't think that you need to get to number one. Now, I understand why they did it. It wasn't that much more to give up by getting up to one than going up to three, according to Peter King and his reporting a couple weeks ago in his football Morning in America column that comes out on NBCSports.com every Monday. So if it didn't cost you that much to get up from one instead of going to three, then, okay, why not get up to number one, control the draft. But the whole talk about, oh, now this gives them options to potentially trade back. They're not trading back. They didn't give up all of that to then trade back and get a quarterback. And it's also going to raise eyebrows if they do that because why would you have given up DJ Moore, if you're deciding that, oh man, we got up here, but actually we're good. We don't really need to draft a quarterback right now. We could just wait, get back to two because we love enough of them and maybe we didn't need to give that much up in the first place to get up to number one. So there's that. I never really felt like they needed to give up as much as they did to get to number one, but they're at number one now, so it doesn't really matter. And here's a different thought though. And had the Panthers. I guess let's backtrack as I'm trying to just get my, my head together here as I'm trying to figure out what the hell to say to you guys today on this show. What if Bryce Young was six foot three? What if Bryce Young had the same size as CJ Stroud? And I'm not saying let's flip flop the sizes. Let's just say they were both the same size. Would this even be a discussion over who they should take? Would it? Because I've thought for a little bit now that Bryce Young's the best player. He's been the best player the last two years, and yet I think he's still the better player. But yeah, Stroud has the size, he has the accuracy, and he fits the mold. We talked about earlier this week, you know, the safe pick. We talked about Frank Reich, whether he has a preference, he says no. His friend says yes, and many of you believe that's the case. And I understand why that would be the case when you look at Bryce Young, his size, and the fact that no player at his size and at that position has ever gone on to have significant success in the NFL. But if he was six foot three, would we even be having a discussion at all? Which kind of brings me back to taking the best player at that position. Bryce Young played in the SEC, which is by no means the NFL. But he played a lot bigger than he actually is. It wasn't like he was in and out of the lineup and constantly dealing with injuries and having surgeries and rehabbing just so he could go out there and play and then getting beat up again. That was not the case. It's not like he's a runner that his play style puts him in a situation where, oh man, he's going to get hurt. If anything, he probably should run more than he actually does. According to Jimmy Stein of Lockdown Alabama, we talked to a couple weeks ago about Bryce Young, but he's been the best player. And the Panthers should be looking for the, the best player. And people keep talking about he's the smartest guy in the draft and how he just has everything up here in the head that that's what you want at a quarterback. The one thing is, oh, he's just not tall enough. And I'm not the only one out of this thought, you know, perusing the internet. NFL Network went out there, asked a couple people, including David Carr, who the Panthers should select. And actually, three of the four that are asked said Bryce Young, and the one that didn't say Bryce Young said Anthony Richardson for all the reasons you would think someone would pick Anthony Richardson because he's an athletic monster. But David Carr, 
former first-round pick of the Houston Texans who got his ass kicked repeatedly in the NFL. It was much bigger than Bryce Young. Uh, fell apart because they didn't protect him. That should not be an issue here in Carolina with this offensive line. He said that there was one right answer for the Carolina Panthers, Bryce Young. If the Alabama prospect stood six foot three, this wouldn't even be a conversation. Young plays big and strong despite his 5'10 frame and has incredible instincts for the position. He consistently looks to make the most efficient play on every snap. I agree. If Bryce Young was six foot three, this would be a no-brainer. The Pan- Everyone would know the Panthers traded up to get Bryce Young. Now, there's been some talks since the owners' meetings last week in Arizona that it looks like that Bryce Young is probably the favorite now, according to the people talking. Not in Vegas. Vegas, FanDuel in particular, believes that C.J. Stroud is the favorite. And as soon as the Panthers traded up to one, that was thought. But the Panthers told us back then that, hey, we don't know what we're going to do. We just wanted to go out and let everybody know that, hey, are we getting quarterback? So we can tell all these free agents that, we're getting a quarterback to know what their role can be and what they're signing up for here in Carolina. We're not going to wait until April to try and trade up there. We're going to do it now. And with them doing that, they knew that they were going to have their pick and that they could go as slowly as they needed to throughout this process to figure out who was the right guy for them. Not who was the safest guy, but who was the right guy for the Carolina Panthers because they cannot get this wrong. I don't know. Who has most boomer bust potential? I think a lot of people would say Anthony Richardson. Why not Will Levis? Is he that spectacular? I don't know, but maybe he works out. Anthony Richardson, maybe he's not that much of a project. I've seen a lot of reports lately, especially people who have been breaking him down, that, hey, there's a lot to like here. And Frank Reich's kind of told you that as, mu- as well. And Thomas Davis has kind of given us some insight that maybe they really like this guy. Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, those seem like the top two. In my mind, it seems like the same case for a lot of people. The thing is, Bryce Young was taller, wouldn't be a discussion, but the fact that he's not is giving us this debate that we won't have answered or really ended until three weeks from now on April 27th. So yeah, if he was six foot three, wouldn't be having this conversation, but he's not. So we have to have the conversation. And we'll continue to have a conversation here on the show moving forward. Now, the Carolina Panthers, we know, at one, going to take a quarterback at 39. They could take a wide receiver, an edge rusher, a corner, tight end maybe. There's a lot of options there. What about the rest of the draft? What are they going to do in the third round at 93 and at 114? What about in the fourth round at 132 and in the fifth round at 145? I'll kind of give you like a mock draft here. Just looking at the positions the Carolina Panthers potentially could be targeting with each of those picks coming up here later on this month. We'll talk about that here in just a moment on Locked on Panthers. But before we do that, the NBA playoffs are almost here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drain. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout a same game parlay so don't miss a chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on that's fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more make every moment more of fanduel an official sports betting partner of the NBA if you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason look no further than the locked on NFL scouting podcast Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. 
If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. The Carolina Panthers have one, two, three, four, five, six picks coming up here in the 2023 NFL Draft after swapping the ninth pick for the number one pick in Chicago and giving up their 61st pick that they traded for by giving away Christian McCaffrey back in the fall to San Francisco. They now have the first overall pick in the draft, as we all know, which will be a quarterback, the 39th overall pick in the draft, which comes in the second round. The 93rd overall pick, which comes in the third round. Also, the 114th overall pick, which is also, which is actually in the fourth round, rather. Um, and also in the fourth round is 132, a pick that comes from San Francisco in that McCaffrey trade. And the Panthers own their own fifth round pick in the, of course, fifth round at 145 overall. So looking at it, we've talked a lot about what quarterback to take. We know at number one overall, the Carolina Panthers are going to take a quarterback, whether it's Bryce Young, CJ Stroud. Anthony Richardson, less likely Will Levis. We will find out here in 21 days' time who that quarterback will be. And until then, we'll continue to speculate, debate, and say, oh, this guy's a bust, that guy's a bust, oh, this guy's going to be awesome, that guy's going to be awesome. We'll have this the whole roundabout conversation, and hopefully we'll get an answer sooner rather than later. But we'll know for sure in 21 days. We've also had conversations about what should they do at 39, Scott Fitterer said that the meat of this draft is between 20 and 45, and that's why he didn't want to give up that 39th pick to Chicago, end up giving them the 61st pick instead of the app from San Francisco in that aforementioned Christian McCaffrey trade. So knowing that they're at 39, they're probably going to stay there, and the Panthers have to capitalize on a player. We've talked about whether they should take a wide receiver, which I think they should do, whether they should take an edge rusher or a cornerback. Could they take a tight end there, linebacker? Is that what they're looking at at 39? The three positions in my mind that the Panthers really should be looking to address in the third and fourth round, like those first three picks that they have after number one overall at 39, 93, and 114 are wide receiver, edge, and corner. That's what I think they should be looking to address. According to Mel Kiver Jr., this is a very deep cornerback draft. So I could see them being able to be patient enough to wait until they get to the fourth round at 114 until they take a corner. But I could also see them looking at the situation with Dante Jackson coming off an Achilles and J.C. Horn also having struggled with injuries the last couple seasons and knowing that Keith Taylor and C.J. Henderson cannot be trusted and deciding that, man, pass happy league, that really costs the playoff spot. And you look at all the things that went wrong last year, how bad the quarterback plays with Baker Mayfield to begin the season. You look at trading away Chris McCaffrey, some of the injuries that occurred and starting off one in five and really just being one-dimensional offensively. The Panthers, despite all of that, they were a healthy J.C. Horn and Dante Jackson away from winning the NFC South. So you could think about if you're Scott Fitter in this organization and, and get to 39 and be like, man, we went out there, we got some wide receivers, we got Adam Thielen. Got DJ Chark. Yeah, edge rusher. At least right now, they haven't done anything. There's still some guys available, and I could see the Panthers signing one of them before or after the draft. But they sign one before, that helps them go best pick of it, best player available there at 39, which is going to be their philosophy anyways. But when you're looking at it, especially if it's not too crazy on your board, do you take a corner? Knowing that you got Brian Burns, 
and that he's been durable and that you got enough out of Frankie Louvu and Marquise Haynes, even though, yeah, you're bottom third in the NFL when it comes to rushing the passer, but it wasn't that big of a drop-off from the year before where you had 39 sacks with Hassan Reddick and Brian Burns were there combining for 20 of those. Last season, you have 35. So you fell off by four sacks. And maybe a guy like Barquise Haynes can have a better season, and we'll see what could be added with Frankie Louvu. And the same thing with a young player like Amari Barno. Does it finally click with Etor Gross Matos? Do you get more pass rushing out of them? Does Brian, uh, sorry, not Brian, does Derek Brown become an interior pass rusher? Are there other guys out there on this roster who step up? And then that allows you to think about, all right, we need more depth at corner. Dante, it's probably his last year. He's been banged up since I got here. I being Scott Fitterer. Do I go out and get a corner? Someone that we can trust and develop and believe in, especially when Dante goes down or JC goes down and when Keith Taylor, hopefully not, and CJ Henderson, again, hopefully not, falter in that situation? Corner could make a lot of sense there at 39. But wide receiver, edge, corner, and I'm sure most of you are yelling at me right now being like, no, no, we don't need another wide receiver. Not all of them can play. We already got Thielen, who's on his last leg, I think he still probably has one more good year in him. And then you got DJ Chark, who might have only one year here in Carolina. And then Chenault's last year, likely here in Carolina. I understand. They've gone out there. They've addressed that position. They've got two guys who are going to start. They're not being brought in here to be role players. They're being brought in to be the one and two wide receiver, even though that's not necessarily actually a number one and number two wide receiver pairing. But it will be here in Carolina. So, Sure. Is a second-round pick there at 39 at wide receiver even going to come in and be that A1 guy? I have no idea. So, yeah, I could see where edge and cornerback makes the most sense for the Carolina Panthers there at 39. Then once you get to 93, whatever position you didn't take, and we'll throw a wide receiver out right now just because I look at the conversation where I'm thinking about the conversation we're having, and I'm probably thinking about how, how you're thinking right now, and you're looking defensively. Say the Panthers decide that they're good with Thielen and Shark, and they want to wait till later on in the draft to get a wide receiver, you're looking at 93, and that's where you're either taking that edge rusher or that cornerback, depending on what you did at 39. So with it being a deeper draft class at corner, you want to get an edge in the second round. You already got one in what, the fifth round. Was that when Barnett was drafted last year, I believe? You want to get one higher up in the draft. And when the meat of the draft is right there at 39 – that's where you can find an impact starter potentially, especially on the edge. So you're thinking edge rusher there if you're going to throw a wide receiver out of the conversation and it comes down to edge and corner, particularly when you look at the cornerback position, all right, your starters are going to be J.C. Horn and Dante Jackson. Like that guy, if he gets drafted at corner at 39 overall, he's coming in to be more of like that third corner, but probably not going to start off at the third corner. You're going to have C.J. Henderson, I imagine, starting off there. He's going to be more of yeah, your fourth, fifth guy who could then develop and be that third guy and maybe fill in and be a starter by the midway point of the season, if need be, based off of performance and injuries. So if you go edge there at 39, I'm thinking at 93 – that you're probably going to end up going corner for the Carolina Panthers. And that's San Francisco's third-round pick, by the way, that they got in the McCaffrey trade. So 39, you could be looking at edge, and then at 93 in the third round, in this situation, you're probably looking at cornerback because that is a deeper position group. But there's also the conversation, of, okay, if it's a deeper position group, couldn't you go wide receiver? But wide receiver, year in, year out, there's going to be guys available. And... Does it make sense to get a wide receiver at that point in time in the draft? Just thinking that, all right, there's big time receivers coming out every year. 
you look at the $84 million in cap space the Panthers are going to have next year in 2024 and potential situations with contracts, other players, and maybe be able to trade for them and sign them to extensions, or we'll see who's a free agent next year. Does it make more sense for them to wait until next year to really go after and address that wide receiver position and just be fine with Thielen and be fine with Chark and, and hope that Shai Smith and Terrace Marshall in particular and Lovitzka Chenault are enough for you as a wide receiver core, and then you add in Miles Sanders and Hayden Hurst and what they provide in the passing game that we're, all right, fine. If we're not getting a wide receiver 39, let's just not worry about it because we're probably not going to find a number one wide receiver at 93 or even at 114. So I could look at edge at 39, corner at 93, and then we're getting to 114. And it's kind of like, all right, let's see. Do you want to take another wide receiver, take one? We just get into the conversation I just had, or do you want to take a tight end? And this apparently is a very deep tight end class. And that's a position group that it takes a couple of years for those guys to really develop into, you know, a really serviceable player, especially one who would have been a really good pass catching tight end back in college. It's going to take him time to adapt to the NFL. Now that you have Hayden Hurst here in Carolina, who's on a three-year deal, or really a two-year deal, you look at the guaranteed money, that gives a rookie tight end the time to develop. And then once Hayden Hurst is kind of, you know, his contract's up and the Panthers can move on from him, that guy can step into his third year as your starting tight end and as a key piece of this offense as a pass catcher. So I could see fourth round, 114, taking a tight end. I could see that. Um, very much so. Now, later on in the fourth round, comes down to looking at some of the other positional needs. Maybe you're just going best player available. Linebacker would make sense. We just took a linebacker in the fourth round last year. And Brandon Smith, do you want to take another one? Especially now that you got Shaq here, it looks like for a couple more years. Frankie Louvu, he's going to be a free agent next, next offseason. They're going to have to extend him if he has another kind of season that he had here in Carolina this past year in 2022. Greer Hill, he'll also be a free agent is this guy going to get enough plays? He's probably going to be more of a special teams guy anyways, so you don't get all that caught up in it. So could wide receiver make more sense at 132? Or linebacker? I could see either one of them in the fifth round at 145 or in the fourth round at 132. So you know it's going to be quarterback in the first round. Just thinking through it, what probably makes the most sense, not what I necessarily want, but probably what makes the most sense for the Carolina Panthers. So we all have our own opinions and thoughts of what we would like to see. Well, what might make the most sense for the Panthers at 39 is an edge. And then after that, 93, probably a corner. Then we're looking at possibly a tight end at 114, then a wide receiver at 132, and then maybe a linebacker at 145. If that's what the Carolina Panthers feel like, that's the best thing for them. But just looking at what the needs are on this roster right now, I don't think either one of those is a bad decision. And maybe early on, it's not like they've gone out and they've gone out and they've signed Deshaun Williams and they've gone out and they signed Shy Tuttle. So they're, they're pretty good in the interior. But a lot of the backup interior guys are either undrafted players like Marquand Manuel or they were drafted in the seventh round like Bravion Roy. You possibly get one earlier in the draft who could develop into that first round, not first round, but that uh, starting kind of talent later down the road, get someone maybe in the fourth round at 132 or at 145 um, in the fifth round. Just a couple of thoughts what the Carolina Panthers uh, could potentially do as we sit here thinking through the draft and knowing that, hey, quarterback there at one, big time debate over what really matters most at 39 and the rest of it, trying to just kind of fill the gaps on this roster and think about positionally what value um, these positions could have at that point in time in the upcoming draft. So, Interesting to see how all that works out here for the Carolina Panthers. 
Uh, we'll come back here, take a quick pause, and uh, wrap up the show here on Locked On Panthers. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right. So, again, wanted to have Matt Miller from ESPN um, here on the show today, but that did not happen. I actually don't think I even mentioned that off to the top of the show. So, I'm sure some of you are like, where's Matt Miller? I was promised Matt Miller. Well, he will be on, I believe, Monday's show now because I'm going to be recording the interview um, Thursday afternoon. Just kind of take you behind the scenes. We're supposed to record it on Wednesday, but now I'm going to be recording it Thursday afternoon and not going to get rid of the mailbag this week unless you guys don't give me any questions, which, hey, again, need the questions in. I'm probably going to take the top three. That's really just an incentive for you guys to uh, ask better questions and the best question possible because I will probably read as many questions. I think they're really good, but I'm thinking right now top three and then maybe add in like the best of the rest uh, here on the show as well. So get those in at me, DM me, Julian Council, get those questions in. But looking at Matt Miller from ESPN.com draft analyst, probably on Monday's show, which would be really good coming out of the weekend, get his thoughts on what's going on with the Carolina Panthers, who we think should be the top pick there at one and, what the Panthers should do at 39 and looking at some of the later draft picks that they have there at 93 and what at 114, everything we were just talking about at 132 and at 145 and thinking about what prospects, what players uh, could make a lot of sense for the Carolina Panthers um, at that point in time in the draft. So we're going to get into that. And my hope is over the next couple of weeks, as we still got three weeks to the draft, to have a lot of guests on the show to uh, try and break out the monotony of me talking about the draft and trying to come up with something new to say about the number one pick. So we'll get a couple people who cover the Carolina Panthers, a couple draft people who we have not had on the show before. I've already reached out to a guy like Dane Brugler from The Athletic, so we're looking like we're going to be able to set something up there, talk to some other people also on the beat, and get their thoughts and opinions on what's going on here for the Carolina Panthers. So stay tuned for all of that because I want to give you all as many opinions and many thoughts um, and expertise on the draft as possible because that is not my strong suit, but that's why I'm going to go out there. Fortunately, have enough uh, people, big enough Rolodex, so I think can get some people on here to talk about the draft and give you all some good insight on the Carolina Panthers as that's what we do every single day here on the show. So that's going to wrap up this edition of the Lockdown Panthers podcast, a part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, hosted by yours truly, Julian Council. Again, y'all subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts and follow me. Julian Council on Twitter at Julian Council, where I will be back tomorrow to answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions, either at me or DM me over on Twitter to get those questions in. In the meantime, be safe, be happy, be whole. As always, keep pounding, and I will talk to y'all on Friday. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. 
part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.